Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Rewired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Monday, July 17th. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more unique this week, where we are going to be doing an interview with our very own Christina Kovacs. And so we thought that this would be just a unique opportunity because we know that you guys know a lot about us, um, but we've never really taken the opportunity to just press pause and you know really dive into the details of our specific story, our specific you know, journeys, you know, the many different lessons that we've learned both as, you know, entrepreneurs, as, as coaches, and really just as individuals on their own fitness journey as well. You know, there's so many things that we have individually picked up on and learned over these years that we know are going to be able to help you guys in a very unique way. And so before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the you know, so-called healthy protein bars that we find on the market and in the stores around us are actually heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And we know that if we consume too much of this processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And so this is why we personally love the Nash bars. We never even have to think twice about the ingredients, and they truly are the good for you protein bar. And what's even more awesome about the Nash bars is that they are now fully plant-based. So they actually eliminated the egg whites and are now fully plant-based and, you know, as always, heavily or very minimally, minimally processed. Um, so make sure that you guys head to the show notes after today's episode and get yourself a box of bars to try. So on to today's episode, this is episode number 94. We are just closely reaching that number 100. Um, Very exciting. You know, this is something that we stick to each week, even if it's something that we end up putting out, you know, on a Monday or a Tuesday. And we just appreciate all of you listeners who, you know, show up each and every week. You know, we were just at a wedding this past weekend with, you know, one of my friends and one of my clients, one of my former teammates from Ohio State. And it was just so awesome to hear the many people, you know, tuning into this podcast. And so, you know, shout out to all of you guys, you know, that we we did uh, see over this past weekend. Um, we always appreciate, you know, when people let us know about the support because, you know, sometimes we just get so caught up in the, you know, week to week hustle that, you know, sometimes we don't even realize, you know, who's listening. And so we love hearing that feedback from you guys. And it's just so special to see, you know, so many different individuals tuning into this podcast that is really just our baby and our project and something that, you know, we really just want to provide as much free resource, as much free just value to you guys um, as we literally can give. Um, And we know that there's so many helpful, just useful nuggets throughout all of these episodes. So we just really appreciate your guys' continued support um, and the fact that you guys tune in and listen every single week. And so Today's episode, like we mentioned, is going to be a little bit more unique where we're going to be interviewing Christina. I want to dive into all the nitty gritty. I was joking with her. I'm like, I'm going to ask you all the questions um, because, no, I just think that, you know, Christina has a phenomenal background and she's worked so hard, you know, to get to where she's at today. You know, she's grinded through seasons of life that, you know, I quite literally haven't grinded through even myself, you know, as I started out as a personal trainer. And I think that, you know, just hearing her perspective and hearing her background, you know, is really going to paint that picture of like, really how much of a hard worker that she really is. And just so much of her personality, you know, that you guys might not always see. I know she does a great job of showing that personality and, and really just being her true self, you know, through her her digital platforms through her social media. Um, So I just think that that's so cool that, you know, you guys really are getting what you think you're going to get, you know, in person as it relates to, you know, what you see online with her. But, you know, there's just so much that we can learn from her. Um, And I know I have personally learned so much from Christina. So I just want to give her an opportunity to give just a brief intro about herself before we dive into the meat of this podcast. Well, I appreciate the intro. It was so sweet. I'm like already in my feelings and we haven't even started yet. But I will say that is all thanks to you for how authentic I show up on my social platforms because I remember when we met and you told me like I was nervous you wouldn't be like you were on Instagram, you know, like that you would be different in person. And to hear you say that and say it and just like give me the confidence to be myself has made me even more myself. So I know that all of you watching, I remember when we first started dating, everyone was like, what is going on with you? Like you are glowing. Like you are so happy. You are more yourself than I've ever seen. And it was because of you. So thank you for that. And everyone else has you to thank for that too. So um, introduction, I don't know how far back I should even go, but obviously you guys who listen know I'm Christina. I'm Zach's fiance, 29 years old. This is the last six months of my 20s. So I'll be turning 30 December 24th. And 
we have a husky named Ghost. I am from Akron, Ohio, in the Portage Lakes area is where I typically say most people don't know where that's at, but it's near Cleveland. So I've kind of hopped around all of like Northeast Ohio, grew up in Akron. I never moved like from my home, like the house I grew up in until this year. Like my mom just now left the house I grew up in. So we stayed in the same area, but I wanted to quote, go away for college. So I went to Kent State, which was 20 minutes away from home. And then I went to Cleveland for a couple of years before moving to Columbus and I went to school for exercise science. So I think something that's really cool about our kind of backgrounds, like paralleling each other was that I went to school for exercise science. But before that I was an athletic training major because my last two years of high school, I was a sports medicine student at like, it was kind of like a post-secondary, but just like a career college type thing at your high school where half the day you're in high school and then the other half of the day you're doing like sports medicine classes and they were very advanced we were doing like rotations and things like that I was always with football because I was a cheerleader in high school too so I wanted to do athletic training for like football lol I would have been the water girl for Zach in college <laughs> but I ended up going to OSU but that's what I originally went to school for but when I was in college I really loved exercise like I became obsessed with fitness at such a young age and it kind of sounds like unbelievable to say when that came about but it was honestly when I was in sixth grade like I started doing workout tapes like Dallas Cowboy cheerleader tapes Jillian Michael workout tapes like in my mom's living room and then we won a YMCA membership for the gym so I started lifting in high school while I was doing sports so I'd go do practice conditioning and then go lift at the Y so like all day long I was like all I care about is fitness I was researching diets I was pulling I had this huge binder that I'd pull out of like 17 magazine and women's health magazine like all these workouts and I would take that with me like every single day and I even brought it to college with me so I was obsessed with fitness but at the time I didn't really know a whole lot and that's why in college I started to learn more about the anatomy and physiology and nutrition when I was in athletic training but I realized like I didn't want to be an athletic trainer I wanted to be in the fitness space but I didn't know what that looked like because back then I don't think that like the quote influencers in the fitness space started to come about around that time but I didn't see like my job as a career back then this was in 2012 when I went to college so first couple years I was trying to figure out what route I wanted to take so I was mostly looking towards like PT or cardiac rehab which was like the what I thought was my dream career but as I went through college and started bodybuilding and just like dabbling into other areas of the fitness space, I started to see people working for themselves. And I never even thought like I would want to be an entrepreneur like in a million years. I thought if I ever personal trained, it would be on top or like on the side of my full time career. So I did a bunch of internships like strength and conditioning which is just so funny to hear like Zach in lifting and football and sports and stuff. Just like I was on the other side of all these things. Like I was the water girl. I was the athletic or the strength and conditioning intern, but we both ended up here doing the same thing, which is really cool to share with all of you. But somewhere along the way, um, I, I guess, I don't know if you're going to ask questions about how I like left my job and stuff. Should I get into all of that or we can ask that as we go for sure. Yeah. So I think it would be really appropriate to kind of start with this first question. I feel like, you know, this definitely kind of sets the tone for most of what we're going to talk about. And so, um, and I just believe that even for my own self, like as an early coach, you know, several years back, I feel like so much of what I learned was through almost myself as like the test dummy. And while everyone is uniquely different, there's so much to be learned when it comes to, or so much to just know and learn when it comes to specific, like, you know, nutrition styles and, you know, training styles and different techniques and strategies and things like that, where you almost reveal like a more in-depth understanding through being a practitioner, being someone that has like tried and like practiced, you know, some of these strategies and some of these things um, that we utilize in our coaching. And so, you know, basically like what struggles, you know, have you personally had to work through in your own fitness journey that have made you a better coach for individuals now that you do coach? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've tried pretty much every diet out there. I came from obviously our generation. I think it was like we all under eight, like we downloaded my fitness power, probably the first generation to use my fitness pal. So in high school, I would say like I struggled more so with like fad diet. So I was doing the special K diet every day. I would bring special K for lunch. I would eat it for breakfast. We'd go home and we ate super light. So in reality, like looking back, I was probably eating like 1200 calories as like a high school athlete and I was lifting, not eating even close to enough protein. So that's typically what I see nowadays is like a lot of women my age, like entering their thirties, that's like where they grew up in that culture. And just like that fad diet, yo-yo dieting. So in under eating on protein, under eating calories, metabolism struggles because of all that. So I think that that's something that I battled with for a little bit. When I got into college, I started really getting into clean eating because I was doing bodybuilding.com 
workouts and programming and they gave you a meal plan. So then I dabbled into meal plans and 100% clean foods. But on the weekends, I was a college student. So I'd go out, I would eat pizza, I'd eat pancakes when I was, you know, after going out, I'll just say. Um, so not the best food <laughs> choices. So it was just like very clean eating during the week and then probably like ma- like a lot of overeating on the weekends. So I then started to struggle with like, I had no balance at all. I was all or nothing constantly. So what I thought would cure that was like, oh, I'm going to start competing. So then I started finally figuring out what macros were. But then I got so low into calories throughout my prep that it was very restrictive. Once again, gained the weight right back. So once again, stuck in the all or nothing of just like under eating, gaining the weight back, under eating, gaining the weight back. So like losing and gaining the same like 10 pounds. And I don't really think I even had like 10 or 15 pounds to lose, but I was just constantly like losing and gaining it all back because I was doing extreme measures, I guess you could say. And then after competing, I was like, okay, if I did all of this and I, I, I was even certified at this point, but I was just like, so I was struggling so hard with like what worked well for my body. Cause I wasn't giving it enough time to rest, meaning reverse diet, sitting at maintenance, working on my gut health, working on my hormones. I was once again, like, okay, what's a quick fix that will help me feel good. Cause I was like going on vacations. It's the summer months. I wanted to feel my best and also look the part as a personal trainer. So then I was like, maybe I want to try keto. So I've tried that. <laughs> I've tried, um, just like pretty much everything, honestly. Um, like low FODMAP, trying to figure everything out with gut health. So I think I've tried pretty much every diet out there, unfortunately. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I know that that's really how, you know, we really learn a lot throughout this process because we have to trial and error things ourselves. And I think that honestly is like a huge motivator for both of us individually that like got us into this space in the first place is like, hey, we know that we've gone through so many of these mistakes we've learned and we want to share with people how not, you know, to make those same mistakes or how to expedite the process. You know, don't stumble and fall as much as we have. Let us help you, you know, get through it without all of that struggle. Yeah, and I think an even worse thing I didn't even mention was like I always thought what worked for somebody else would work for me. And that couldn't be, you know, further from the truth that everyone's body is so different. Like my dieting history played a huge role in how each of these quote fads or like methods worked for my body or didn't work for my body. Um, but I would always like see people posting like back in the day full days of eating, or I'd see people post their macros, I'd see people post like that they ate high carb and it's like my body handles like a specific set of macros and I figure that out over time. And like, I know what my deficit calories are. I know what my maintenance calories are, but I also saw a lot of these girls who have completely different body types and also different metabolisms and dieting histories and activity levels and literally a different body. And they'd be like dirty bulking or just like having 500 calorie surplus. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, I could do that too. Cause I lift and I do these things. And it's just you can't compare what you like someone what works for someone else to work for you and it was a huge battle for me also in those years of the fitness space. And that's like why with our coaching like we're never giving all our clients like a one size fits all. It's always like coaching them through best practice as it relates to their genetic profile, their metabolism, their metabolic um rate, you know, their history of dieting, their history of exercise, like all of those things I just mentioned are literally what dictate, you know, the outcome or what strategies are maybe going to work for this individual versus the next. And that's where like, you know, I know for you, especially Christina, even doing this longer than me, but like the more time spent in this profession, the more people coached, the more bio individual you truly just realize everyone really is. And there's never going to be a one size fits all solution from like one person to the next. Oh, yeah. And I think that also another thing I see a lot coaching wise that we don't fall into is like thinking what works for us personally. Like if I said, this is what works for me calorie wise, macro wise, everything, my clients have to do the exact same thing. Like that couldn't also be further from the truth. So there's a lot of coaches out there that they may not be the most qualified, but because they have a transformation story of their own, they copy and paste whatever worked for them and try to give it to clients. And then it doesn't end up working. And then they come to a coach like us and we're like, okay, well, this is completely wrong for like your history, your goals your lifestyle it's not sustainable so yeah i think i see that a lot that everyone's so bio individual and i think that we need to be treated as so absolutely and i think that you know a really good kind of question to ask you specifically you know talking about your bodybuilding experience talking about like aesthetically you achieved like probably some of the best physiques you know you've ever had in your life i mean i think you look absolutely phenomenal right now um this is probably like the best I've ever seen you just because you're crushing it um, in so many different areas. But um, anyway, not getting too far off the beaten path. um, I just think it's important to talk about, you know, what is 
healthy. Like so many people could see you in your competition days and be like, damn, you know, she was super fit, super healthy. Um, but knowing you, knowing how you've talked about that experience, I know that it's, you know, an experience where you weren't at your most healthy state, you know, metabolically, hormonally, you know, all of those factors. And so kind of define in your own terms, Christina, like what you think is healthy. This is a great question. And I think it's completely like relative. Like back then I thought that was my healthiest. Like when I was in it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so energetic. And something I want to pinpoint is when you're in a bodybuilding prep, you can't drink alcohol. So for me in the first, like my prep was six months, the first three months, I'm like, okay, I'm not allowed to drink. I'm focusing on sleep. I'm very regimented. And I think that when you're bodybuilding, how you do one thing is truly how you do everything. And you're operating at such a strategic and is high level that you feel more energetic because you're prioritizing sleep, you're prioritizing lifting, you're eating more greens. But in the first three months, I'm like, oh, this is healthy, but that's probably what I'm doing now. Like I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm getting proper sleep, we limit, you know, drinking processed foods. But then the second half of my prep, that's when things kind of, I started to recognize like this isn't healthy anymore for me personally. So this has nothing to do with like how I was coached through it or anything. It's just like how my body responds. I'm a very short individual. My calories had to get very low for the standards of the show and being on stage. Like I had visible abs for probably a couple of days, but to get to that level, the way my body fat was distributed, like I had to do some extreme measures of like literally doing cardio for an hour. I would lift for an hour. I ate so low calorie, it was definitely below my BMR and I lost my period. That is like the biggest red flag hormonally for a woman is to not have a consistent period. Of course, there are different reasons why, like I see it now, like coming off birth control or balancing hormone levels. But if it's something that's due to under eating, that's not healthy. And then I was definitely over exercising, under eating. And then it started to like mess with me mentally where it was so restrictive that I was like eating out of Tupperware at my mom's like Mother's Day lunch. And I would have like, me and my college roommate joke about this now because we're on the other side and we're like, we were not okay. Like you just are so irritable, like because you're not fueling your body with enough calories, like, or enough fats to keep your hormones happy. So I felt like I was PMSing constantly where like the littlest thing would set me off. And like we had the story that we both have of like food and like our relationship with food kind of going downhill. This is the worst part for me was my relationship with food and fitness really took a turn for the worst because like she'd be in the kitchen cooking pancakes and like if it flipped wrong she would just like burst into tears and was like I don't even want them anymore and go and lock herself in a room so we're both prepping in the same apartment and then I I started to become like obsessed with certain things that I couldn't have like because my macros were so low I didn't really have the 80 20 balance because of what could fit in my food as like volume foods like there was a certain nut butter back then it was like Jif Whips chocolate it was like Nutella flavored and I was so addicted to it I would literally one night was so hungry I like cried myself to sleep and I'm like what is going on with me like it, it's just not healthy. So my discipline was so strong that I like kind of, you know, got to that point. Backfired because, a little. Yeah. Cause I wanted to do so well. I'm like, I came this far, you invest so much money, you invest in like all these things. So I was like, I'm not going to throw it away. So after my show, then I went the complete other direction. So it just showed like that you can have all the willpower in the world, but if it's not sustainable, like it's, it could really like you're going to flop back. You're going to go the other direction. You kind of crash and burn. So then I rebounded really quickly. And the second I had enough calories in my body, my body was like, here's your period. Here's the fat gain that you just lost. Like it came on very quickly, but then it made me despise lifting cardio and healthy eating because I was like, it, it was just too extreme to be honest. So it really hindered my relationship with food and fitness. And it took me a while to kind of gain that back. And also causes a lot of body dysmorphia too. So for me, the biggest thing looking back was like the under eating, the hormonal imbalance that was created by it. And then the relationship with food and fitness that really took a hit and my relationship with my body. Well, and I think the the whole conversation just around like the hormonal ramifications is so important because I feel like this is something that obviously I've learned in the last several years, but like when we look at men and women, like they are different naturally. Like women are, you guys are very complex hormonally you know Mm -hmm. if we just think about the science we think about the biology and the way that you guys are you know just the things that you're capable of doing i think it's important to talk about um you know why it's different doing extreme dieting for example for a woman versus like a man you know there are certain hormonal considerations um to think about when you are taking on you know 
basically a feat like restricting calories or restricting your energy balance or um, you know doing things like that like you did during the bodybuilding kind of era of your life and obviously we see that even with like lifestyle clients who you know maybe want to dance in those you know some more so-called extreme measures in order to get you know certain fitness outcomes so i think it's just important to talk about like that differentiation and you know if a woman is listening to this you know what would you what advice would you give her about these ramifications like what would you tell them to consider you know before potentially taking maybe the bodybuilding route or maybe you know taking extreme measures just in their everyday health and fitness oh i I always keep saying like i love this question because i do i hear all the time like when i start coaching women they're like my fiance or my boyfriend could start dieting for one day and he loses five pounds like it's so unfair and we see it with each other like Mm -hmm. the length of time it takes me to lose five pounds you could probably lose 10 to 15 it's just Mm -hmm. like men and women are different um that's sex hormones that's fat loss hormones and for women we need a certain amount of body fat to literally protect our body and to like basically tell our body it's a safe place to build a human being which is kind of what is unsaid but our bodies are made for you know like our, our hormones and our hips everything it's like we're made to anatomy anatomy perspective have kids so if our hormones aren't in a certain place and our body fat's on a certain place it shuts off that capability and it says like this is a red flag it's not a safe place to create that human being but basically what i'm getting at is we actually had an episode on this like the cost of being lean like precision nutrition for example they have an entire infographic on men and women and body fat percentages and the female body fat percentage is almost double what the male is throughout each level of fitness so it shows that like men can get down to like i think a three percent body fat and women it was like 10 to 12 because any lower than that like our bodies like won't allow us i mean i'm sure there are a lot of women out there with certain muscle mass this isn't like cut and dry but basically that infographic shows that like male and female body fat percentage and level of leanness is completely different we just have to accept that and not compare like men to women like we have to make sure we're protecting our hormones eating below your bmr is the biggest red flag not having enough fat in your diet is another big red flag. A couple of other things that can impact it is just like our stress that we place on our body um, and things like that. So obviously it's important to make sure you're feeling your body properly and you're not like running it into the ground. You can also like drinking a ton of caffeine, working a high stress job, not getting enough sleep, like all those things I was doing in that season of my life. Like I was working a bartending job, I was doing 21 credit hours and I was interning where I was waking up at 4 a.m. So I really had to prioritize my sleep, but I definitely was not getting enough. I was living off of white monsters. I was eating low fat everything because like my calories and my macros didn't allow for a whole lot. And I was eating below my BMR. So I was pretty much doing everything possible to tell my body like, hey. Basically doing the opposite of everything that's healthy. Yeah. Quite literally, mm-hmm. um, which is just crazy. And I think that, you know, you going through that and you going through these different experiences and learning this kind of ironically kind of going back to like that first question about like, what have you learned through your own fitness journey? But I think personally, this is what pushed you into looking at the bigger picture. And I think that that's so crucial in health, fitness, training, nutrition. Guys, there's just so much, like literally so much. And, and I know we you know, try to simplify this for you. But there's just so much to consider. And there's so many things to think about, you know, when looking to do a diet approach or looking to, you know, do something specifically in your training. And so, you know, when did you really develop that idea that you're like, hey, I'm going to really take that holistic approach, like when I become a coach, or maybe during the process of you being a coach, like, was there a certain point in time where you were like, really open to that idea of like, I need to take this to more of like a holistic approach, not just like, you know, say, for example, like going to those extreme measures just for bodybuilding or, you know, going to extreme measures for a different outcome. Like what really sparked that kind of like holistic approach that I know both you and I both take with our nutrition and our coaching or with our, sorry, our coaching, both training and nutrition. Yeah, I think it was the first summer I started personal training because that's when I really started to like post on my Instagram, like workout stuff and nutrition things and just like my routines and that I was coaching. And I think that at that point, I started to realize like, when I was coaching my clients, it was still very focused on like, macros and workouts and things like that, because that's what I was certified at the time just to focus on. And it wasn't really talked about a whole lot like there. Now I feel like it's very common that like online fitness coaches and personal trainers are very functional and very holistic. But back then that like wasn't really the case unless you were specialized in that. So for me, I started to recognize that my first summer of personal training that I was like posting all the right things, but my gut health was horrible. Uh, my hormones were 
definitely imbalanced. So I think for me personally, like I'm very open with my journey of like when I came off birth control, a lot of women, that's a goal of theirs to balance their hormones. When I came off of it, my body like rebounded. So like I felt like I had got it together with like my balance with nutrition and reverse dieting and being at maintenance and exercising and not going too hard on cardio. So kind of figured out all the nutrition and workout piece. Then all these red flags started to pop out with my gut health and my hormones. So I got testing done. That's when I realized like the impact it was having on like my body's inflammation and my gut health. And it started to impact like my daily life. So I felt very balanced with like my nutrition and my food, but I still felt very like insecure with my progress. I guess I could say, or just like not that confident because I could even just like I felt like look at dairy and my body would just like blow up or I just felt like it was impacting all the hard work I was doing in the gym and I really didn't have much to show for it because my body was working against me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you said it briefly, like before all this talking about those, you know, times as an intern doing your, um, you know, your degree going through the time that you worked in the restaurant business, starting your um, you know, career as a personal trainer and waking up at, you know, four or five AM after like working as a server to like three AM. I just think that this is a part of Chris's story that not a lot of people know about and she doesn't talk about a lot. And it's probably like the most impressive, you know, thing in my kind of in my opinion about her whole story where, you know, she went through really like that hustle season of life, you know, to get her to this point she is now. And I know that, you know, I always like to remind her, like, imagine like that old version of you, like seeing you now and the success that you've built, you know, just and that you have built, you know, I had, I have had the luxury of, you know, having Chris by my side, you know, throughout my time as a coach, you know, to ask questions, to learn, to, you know, bounce ideas off one another, to talk through content, to talk through, you know, coaching strategies and, you know, business techniques and all these different things. I've basically just been able to completely like expedite the learning process for myself. But, you know, Chris never had anybody like that. Like she went through these seasons of life knowing her and like knowing about these seasons where like she didn't have anybody. Like it was literally like, her, herself, and herself. <laughs> and a few business coaches. <laughs> and a few business coaches along the way. But early, early on, you know, mm-hmm. very much so alone in that process. You didn't have anyone modeling it for you. You know, you truly were a student of the game and someone that was so passionate about doing this, you know, for a career and, and for life, really. And so tell us about when you first started coaching, writing PDFs, hustling as a server, and, and, and trying to be a business owner and being a trainer, waking up 4 a.m., you know, going to bed at probably like an hour or two literally before what was what was that like and how did that shape you into who you are today oh my gosh it makes me tired to think about living <laughs> that life it feels like a lifetime ago but I'll just start at when I was um when I graduated undergrad I wanted to do cardiac rehab basically it was the job that I wanted to do um but nobody was really hiring at the time so I had my math well I had my undergrad then everyone told me if you get your master's degree you'll beat out everyone who's you know trying for the same job as you. So I went for my master's. And while I was getting my master's, I took every nutrition course that Kent offered. I really focused in on like the programming side of things. And I knew like I had to do something within fitness as a backup plan if cardiac rehab didn't work out. And so while I was going through that season of life, I saw coaches start to pop out like doing PDFs and doing um, online coaching and things like that, but they were big, big influencers. So I was just like, I don't ever see myself, you know, getting to that level or doing that. Like of course, it would have been nice, but like I just didn't have that belief in myself, I guess. This was way before I started doing personal development. So then I got a job after college where it was, I was the only employee at this like startup. It was an app startup. I worked at like a nine to five. I was the only employee. So it was kind of flexible. I could work from home here and there, but um, I was working with coaches. Like, so my job was to reach out to like coaches and fitness influencers for this startup. And I started to see how much more possible it was, I guess you could say. Um, There were so many people out there doing it just like me. And the only difference was like that I was holding myself back. I was already certified at this point, but I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of stuck in this job. What do I do? So I started like during work hours when my boss wasn't there, I would start like creating programs and telling people in my life, like I'll coach you for free to build testimonials. So I started to build out like my Chris K fitness branding. And you know, I was like, I went to the branding, but I was wasting my time on the things that weren't important. I was like building out a website for a business I hadn't even created yet. I was like making the perfect branding and spreadsheets and Google documents and things like that. Because I saw what these other coaches were doing. They were selling nutrition eBooks, macro eBooks, um, eight week training ebook. So while I was working this job, I actually created like a nutrition PDF. I still have it on my computer. And I think my first workout program and I put them on my website. I probably sold a couple of them, but that's the thing that like I even coach coaches now and they ask like, should I just do a PDF or should I do like a a high touch coaching program? And I'm like, well, 
it just comes down to like your reach to be quite honest and it's kind of a sad reality that like these people I was like once again comparing what I was doing to what they were doing they had hundreds of thousands of followers and I probably had like a few thousand so they could sell an ebook and make a living I on the other hand could not so I'm like okay if this doesn't work for me I'm going to go a different route but I still was spending a lot of time on my full-time job so one day I just like it kept eating at me like people were asking me for coaching I was like I need to like invest in a business coach or I need to go a different route, but I don't know where to take this. So I actually invested in this online coach academy. It's not even, I don't think around anymore, but it walked you through like how to coach someone, programming, what systems to use, just like kind of the basics of online coaching. So it wasn't like, here's how to create a PDF and become an influencer, just what I thought success looked like in this space. It was more so like how to become a legit business and a coach and structure your business and get testimonies and all these things. So then I started to lean into that, but I was spending so much time on it that I was was starting to conflict with work. So I'm like, I'm holding myself back. I was still serving at the time. I worked at a taco place in Cleveland called Barrio. It's in Columbus too. It's now like, I think traveling to different States, but basically it was open till three in the morning, every single night of the week. So I would work probably on the weekends while I was working my full-time job and doing all this research. Like I spent every hour of my free time doing this research and taking this course and all these things until one day I was on a way to a meeting with my boss and I think he could sense that I was on my way out mentally and I just looked at him and was like I can't do this anymore like I need to put up my two weeks I'll set everything up you know for the next person but I would like to go off on my own I'm ignoring this calling that I have and I know I'm meant to do something more than this and he was like, okay, like you don't have to go to this meeting. You can just, you know, go home. And I live downtown. So it sounds so dramatic that he like let me off on the side of the road and was like, you can walk home. But in reality, I lived close by. So I was walking to the coffee shop after and I called my mom and was like, I think I just quit my job. And she was like, so supportive. And I always tell her, thank you for this because she was like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? Like you want to do this coaching thing? How are you going to make it happen? I was like, well, I have my degree. I have my serving job. I'll just pick up extra shifts while I figure out how to do this thing. So I literally went to this coffee shop on my way home. I was still in my work clothes and I sat down with my computer. I even took Zach there when we went to Cleveland and sat him down and was like, this is the coffee shop I went to and Google how to become a personal trainer. Cause I wanted to see if there were gyms in Clum- or Cleveland that were hiring. Cause I was like, I know I can start in person, then go online. I recommend for anyone listening out there who wants to become a coach, like start in person because training clients in person gives you so much value for coaching clients online, like giving form feedback and just like having that in-person relationship and then transferring that online is so much easier when you've had that experience. So I started researching what gyms in uh, Cleveland were hiring. I looked up a business coach. I didn't really have the belief in myself yet. So I was just like then in my serving grind where I was picking up more shifts. And then I kind of got stuck in that rhythm of like, I'm still working out. I was posting fitness content, but I was serving so much. I didn't have enough time and energy because I was staying up later. My hours were completely shifted. I'd sleep in in the morning. I'd get to the gym later. And then I felt like I was living this double life, not even to the extreme that it will get at here soon. But it was actually the reason I wanted to get into entrepreneurship was I was working a serving shift and my dad was actually in hospice. And they said like, hey, we think today is the day. And I had, I was working a double that day. And luckily they were super understanding. They kind of knew what was going on. And they were like, you can leave after like your first shift. And then when your person comes in to kind of relieve you, you can call off for the night. So by that point, it was already too late. It was an hour away that I had to drive. So I actually missed saying goodbye to a loved one. And if you're somebody who wants to work for yourself, like having a big why is important because there's a lot of days that suck or a lot of days that like you lose that belief in yourself. But for me, that was my why of like not being able to be there with family members or just like for someone in your life. Like I always thought like my mom called me and needed something like right now I could go and be with her, you know, and I've done that in the past year. So Basically, that was my why where I was like, I don't want to work in the service industry. I don't want to work for anyone else. Like, I want to work for myself. So I actually like when my dad passed, I was like, I'm going to invest my first business coach. It was probably the next week because I was like, this is the sign that I needed. I'm going to invest in a business coach. So I hired my first business coach and she taught me so much about like what I know now and even stuff I still teach you is like from I feel like my first investment in myself. But that's where people started to view me as like the coach, not just like that friend or that college girl who was into fitness. So at that point, I think it was probably like for a year, I was doing once again, a double life where I was serving until three in the morning, waking up and training clients in the morning. And at this point, I was training clients in the morning in the mid afternoon, and then at night. So I'd be training sometimes till 7pm. The next day, I'd wake up 5am, train, do my online stuff, go in for a serving shift at four and stay up till 3am. So I would be up from like, 
4 or 5 a.m. until 3 a.m. And when you get off at 3 a.m., you don't just fall asleep. Like, you have to wind down and I'd walk ghosts and these things. So it was just like, I'd be up for almost 24 hours. And it took a long time of me, like, once again, drinking a lot of white monsters and trying to find my way out. I was just like hustling. I'm like, I know this won't be forever, but it's my right now. And like, how can I get through this? And to me, it was telling myself, like, this is temporary. And I tell it to my clients a lot when they're in a season of grind. I'm like, this is temporary. This is preparing you for like the next season where you have to level up and like be a different version of yourself, whether that's for a promotion or, for me, it was going full time for myself. So it was one shift where like, I really started to feel that weight. I felt like a zombie of like, I woke up at four. It was probably two o'clock that night. So it was almost 24 hours. And I had this table full of drunk kids. And one of them was like, what do you do outside of this? And he sold his tech startup was a millionaire at like 22 years old. And I was like, oh, I'm a personal trainer. And he was like, when you, when you tell people what you do for work, do you say I'm a server and a personal trainer or a personal trainer and a server? I never really thought about the order that I said that, but I was viewing myself as a server who also personal trained versus I own my own company. I'm a personal trainer. I'm an online coach, but I serve on the side. And he was like, I bet if you quit this job, your business would flourish. You're living a double life. It's draining you just from even meeting me in five minutes. You could tell that. And I was like, I'm not taking advice from this drunk idiot at my table, but Then it started to get me thinking, I'm like, I am wasting a lot of my energy, you know, living this double life. What if I just quit? I had no option but to succeed because I left my safety net of my part-time job. So I was like, take me off the schedule. I'm going to pick up more in-person clients. And then I never went back to serving. And that was St. Patrick's Day, like probably four years ago. So crazy. And I think there's just so many lessons to be learned in that. And I think what really stands out to me is just that idea of balance, because we talk about, I just feel like we talk about balance a lot, like on, on our podcast and, you know, even on social media and whatnot, but especially on this podcast. And I think at one point I even mentioned like my personal definition, you know, of that, of really like keeping balance in life is like, you know, giving yourself enough grace, enough flexibility, but also not allowing yourself to obviously fall short of the things you need to do or or are required to do, um, you know, to push the needle forward or to get closer to the outcome or the goal that you're looking for. And I think that, um, you know, it's really hard to just achieve balance in so many different ways. And so I think it, it's so important to talk about like, you know, how has you know, you balancing out those like grind seasons of life. And then maybe, you know, during some of those lives or during some of those seasons of life where you like kind of pull off the gas a little bit, like, you know, how would you kind of define balance for you? And do you feel like there's a, you know, kind of middle ground between going through those seasons of life where, you know, some seasons are going to be more intense than others? Yeah, I think that it's still a fine balance. I'm always crafting and figuring out. I think that every season feels a little bit different. But I know, for example, like 2021, 2022 is a big like grind season, burnout season for me. And once that's done, like when I went back to owning my own business, I feel like I needed like some time to recover. And I tell my clients this too. I'm like, you're going to need a little bit of a recovery period when they leave a very draining job where like you do need to pull back. Like you don't need to keep going so hard. Like it's almost like a hangover, like from burnout. Like you have to give yourself some time to recover. So that's when I started doing like therapy and started like figuring out what did my ideal day look like. And I actually did this as like a, not an exercise, but after a yoga class when I was like leaving Cleveland already en route to Columbus. And they were like, just picture your dream day. Like, what's your dream day look like? And I think when I get further away from that dream day, like when more people control my schedule or when I don't have a say in like what that looks like or who I'm working with or how I'm in my work, like there's certain parts of the business where like we feel super fulfilled. And obviously there's certain like admin works and things like that. but in previous times when I was coaching and it wasn't within my control, it was pulling me away from those parts that fulfilled me, like connecting with my clients and doing those things like that I value. So I kind of have a spectrum of like, am I doing more of those things that are in my dream day or more of those things that are not? And how can I find that 50 50? So that's like over the past like year and a half been trying to like craft that fine balance. And I think if I ever reach a point where like work is taking away from my personal life, like if I see it's taking away from like weekends, my mom visits or stuff with us in the afternoon, like, you know, doing stuff at night, or if it's starting to impact your life outside of your job or like working hours, I think when you're an entrepreneur, there's no off button. There's no today is done. Like there's always more to do. So I think when I started viewing it as like, I'm going to work my work hours, I'm going to work Monday through Friday. Like we pulled back on the weekends, we pulled back on doing work at night. And I think that that's my perfect balance is when I treat it, when I have boundaries and I have those work hours versus never turning it off. Yeah, because I think like some people almost think about it like too black and white, where it's like when we say balance, it means like, you know, quite literally like fucking off, like doing nothing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not at all, you know, what we mean by balance. It really is that matter of like keeping your sanity for one, obviously not reaching that level of burnout, but just creating, you know, more of an ideal day and like not letting your days run you, but you running your days and being in control of that. And I think that viewing it too, as I talked about my clients about this all the time, but like viewing a lot of things as 80, 20 has like helped my mindset. I have to give myself right. those parameters. So like I it's think, not 50, 50, like it's no. more 80, 20. Yeah. So it's like, if, if like old me, when I lived in Cleveland and I was like serving and like living that double life i was trying to build my online business but i was in such a culture of a service industry where like drinking was super common my college friends my high school friends like lived in cleveland too so i would drink probably like i hate to say it, but like 50 percent of the week i was like post-college you know like the fun times but <laughs> not even the good old days because could never do that anymore but then i would work 50 percent of the time so i was like why isn't my business growing when i'm working so hard but i was doing those things that didn't really matter and then spending a lot of the time like messing around that wasn't enough balance like 50 50 it's like if you eat 50 percent gold foods 50 percent soul food your body composition is going to reflect that and so my lifestyle my business and actually my body composition reflected that but now it's like if you think about what 80 percent is it's six out of seven days of the week so i think for me like working on my goals in like business five to six days that's a passing grade for the week it's 70 to 80 percent then one to two days that's like my perfect balance if i go any further like where i do stuff on the weekdays or i you know pull myself back from like my structured work hours, like my business doesn't move forward and I don't show up for my clients in the way that I want to. But that 20%, 30% allows me to show up outside of work for you, for my family, for myself in the best way. And that's why I think like it's so important to be self-aware and to be doing the personal development work like we're doing because we're able to kind of like catch ourselves. And I know like just being real with you guys, I mean like I even have moments where the overwhelm, the burnout, like it comes out of nowhere. Like you're literally, you don't see it coming or, you know, you have like a couple, you know, hard weeks or even a couple hard months accumulated. And then it's just like erupts. Like I have been there and I have been in that moment where, you know, I feel like I'm in control and then, you know, something goes off the rails. But I think that, you know, the more consciously aware and the more self-aware we can be, of our emotions um, and how, you know, we are responding to stress can be so important. I know that that's something that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been talking about a lot kind of like behind the scenes, Chris and I, just about that stress management, you know, because like she said, it's so easy to let this shit consume us. And I know I've been there and I know so many of you out there can relate to that where you literally let work consume you. And that's just where we have to ask our that question, why? Like, why are we allowing ourselves to do this? Are we chasing some external kind of like gratitude from, or not external, but like just like external gratification, like for this, are we chasing a certain dollar amount? Are we chasing like how we're going to be perceived by peers? And I think it's just so important to always make sure that we're checking in on that because it can consume us. And we see it with clients, you know, we see it even in ourselves, like I said, at certain moments in time. And I think that reflecting back on that, why, like you said, is what caused me to figure out like am i balanced or am i going too hard in one direction because like i said my why for being an entrepreneur was to be there for the people in my life if they needed me and to have flexibility to work for myself and if that ever became the case where like that wasn't possible obviously you have to have enough structure and routine like i have my work hours and that's when i'm not like answering personal phone calls or you know responding to texts that often but i have to have that structure but also i have to have the freedom where i'm like if my why is to be there for family and my work isn't allowing me to do that then that's when I have to like reel it back in one way or the other and I think that that balance is everything like having a strong why whether it's for business or fitness is so important for that reason absolutely and it's just so important because we don't want to look back on you know these years like I know we've even been even been talking about this like being able to see your mom more with my parents now living here and getting to spend this quality time with them it's just like sometimes we really have to press pause in this quite literal like fucked up world that we're living in right now and realize like what's actually important because you know i talk about this person on my instagram all the time where it's like you know if we aren't actively aware of that the world's going to decide for us and then we're going to wake up one day seriously seriously unhappy like whether we realize it or not like if we let like these societal norms or you know this culture around you know money and 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 i'm not and we're never vilifying like money and finances like you know we have financial goals like we work with a financial coach like we are investing we are we're getting after it financially like don't get me wrong <laughs> like we don't we don't want to we don't want to like act i'm not like trying to vilify it or like make it sound like the enemy um or like you know what i mean um just a fine but just don't let it consume you like don't mm-hmm. let the drive and like 
that craving for more and more and more in life rob you of what you have right now and what's in front of you. Because I know I've lived two kind of different seasons of life, um, you know, where I've been so engulfed in that and then also like pulling back and becoming more aware of like how good things really are instead of getting so consumed about progress and scale and progress and scale. Um, So it's just so important, I think, to just always press pause and just like really reflect on what is actually most important, not what this, you know, boss is telling me is important, not what, you know, these celebrities say matter or this show or this fucking TikTok account tells me I should care about. But like, what do you really care about? What do you really value? Because I think if we take a step back, you know, and realize that and get clear on what we really value, a lot of times we would live differently. I think we're just wired that way to always want the next thing. And I actually was talking about the episode on my story today and it brought me to the book that we're both reading, which I'll get to in a second. But I think we're just wired to want the next thing. And I think that that's with fitness goals or business goals. We're like, okay, what's the next milestone? What's the next milestone? We're never happy where we're at. Or we never think about like, and that's what kind of prompted today's episode was thinking about actually when we moved into our new apartment recently, like we decorated how we wanted. It's like, this is my vision board apartment for sure. And this is my vision board life. But like, I'm always like, okay, what's my future vision board? Like when we have kids and when we are, you know, vacationing and all these things and honeymooning and wedding. And I'm always thinking about the next thing too, versus sitting back and thinking like, I used to dream about where I'm at now. And actually like one of the first weekends that we were here in the new apartment, I was cleaning up just like our drinks. I think we're drinking like some non-alcoholic beers and I just clean up our glasses like I would have as a server where I like pinched together the tops and I was kind of like cleaning up the table at the end of the night. And I looked around and was like, it's a Saturday night at like midnight and we're going to bed. We were just like living our dream life. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, if me as a server picking up my margarita glasses, like buzzing my table, knowing I have two to three more hours of work at midnight, I was like, if she saw what I'm doing now, like she would be so grateful, you know? And like, we're always thinking about the next thing, but old me was dreaming about where I'm at now. And so it caused me to sit back and think about like, wow, I'm very grateful for where I'm at. And I'm always grateful. Like we do our gratitude every single day. It's so But it's just an interesting exercise to think about like, what would you five years ago be proud of you for now? And we're reading a book right now. It's by Stephen Bartlett, the star of the CEO. It's called it's kind of a funny name, but it's called like Happy Sexy Millionaire. And the whole premise of the book is like when he was younger, I think he was 16, he wrote down like his vision or his dream by 30, he would be happy, he'd be sexy, he'd be a millionaire. And then he actually in the first chapter pulls out like what the true definition of those things were. He's like, I didn't really want to be a millionaire. I didn't really want to like know what happiness was or what like, quote, sexy looked like when I was older. But I wanted to be fulfilled. I wanted to be loved. And I wanted to feel like safe, you know, financially. And that's really all we all want. But we're always like next best thing. We're in a culture where it's like consuming things like buying stuff here and there. Well, and sometimes it's not even our own desires. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we get so lost in that need and that craving. It's because so-and-so told us it's because so-and-so said that that's what matters or this person is doing that versus like what what do you really give a shit about like Mm -hmm. what do you really care about you not anybody else and so i like about the book is he talks about that he's like quit keeping up with the kardashians and i think it's a a cool kind of chapter title because he talks about how like we we consume so much on social media that we want what everyone else has but it's stuff we don't even care about and he said like during the pandemic like shit that doesn't even matter all this designer stuff like went completely down because nobody had anybody to impress so like he literally looked at the data and like the financials of like the designer and the luxury brands they completely like kind of tanked like 50 percent because nobody had anyone to impress so they didn't even care about those things it's crazy yeah so it's a really good book um if you're someone who's an entrepreneur i think it's really insightful oh but one thing he did mention that kind of prompted this whole episode of gratitude was he talked about how when he reached his peak success, he felt nothing and he felt kind of numb to it. I think that's how some of us get when we, whether you're on a weight loss journey, once again, I see it all the time when people reach this milestone that they dreamed about and they're like, I want to do 10 more pounds. I want to do five more pounds. And I'm like, let's just take a minute to celebrate this. What is your goal weight? You know? And like that happens with entrepreneurship too. We like have this dream. Once we get there, we're like, next and check check it off my list but in the book he talked about how like he didn't feel the success or gratitude until he like took himself outside listened to music and this is like the power of like being present and just like turning the world off and just like just like doing nothing honestly so he went outside just like walked and he like started crying and he was like oh my gosh i used to like like 10 years ago be like digging change out of like restaurant chairs or like cushions to buy pizza to eat at night. And I was so grateful for every penny, every dollar I had, but I never put myself in that person's shoes like me five years ago, 10 years ago. 
and looked at where I could be. And he was like, I, old me would be so grateful for where I'm at today, but I never sat back and like was present enough to recognize it or express that gratitude. And once he did, like everything changed, like his whole perception and perspective of success. And I think that's something that has happened with us over the years. We'll, we'll just reach these moments of gratitude where we're like, oh my gosh, let's just be present where we're at. Let's stop thinking about the next thing. Let's stop. And obviously we're wedding planning. We have goals, you know, financial goals, all the things, but you also have to, you, you will not be happy at those milestones is basically what this is all getting at. Unless you're happy where you're at now. It's all perspective, dude. I'm telling you. And it, and it's something that you have to work at. Like, it's not like you just wake up and you have this perspective every day, like journaling mindset. It's a literal practice. It's the same as how we go into the gym and flex our muscles and and work our muscles. Like we have to flex our brain like literally like i always say flex your gratitude mindset flex the gratitude mindset like you guys gotta work at the mindset like if you're never reminding yourself and taking a step back of that perspective you're we're always going to be in a constant state of just being being ungrateful and we have to have that perspective to feel that gratitude and so i think this is just so appropriate for these last couple of questions and and i really wanted to um you know get your perspective on you know what Knowing the things you know now, and if you could go back, you know, talking to your old self, you know, as an early entrepreneur, as someone starting your fitness journey, I think it's just so crucial to like, you know, put yourself in that position, knowing the things you know now. So what piece of advice did you need when you started as an entrepreneur? Oh, once again, love that question. Um, I would just say um, to my old self to be a student of life because I've never stopped investing. Like there's never one given time where I haven't been investing, whether that's a certification, a business coach, some kind of way to level up my business, because I think that's so invaluable. I think that a lot of people may get comfortable where they're and that kind of contradicts everything I just said, like getting comfortable with where they're at or what knowledge they have. But I think that the fitness world is always evolving. And if you kind of get stuck in your ways and you don't evolve with the times and evolve like with your clients too, like for me, a lot of my clients are getting pregnant or are currently pregnant. And I knew. I had to get certified in pre and postnatal to grow with my clients. So I think being a student of life helps you grow with your clients and also grow through our lives because I'm also getting certified in that for myself, future me. Um, well, thank me currently, but also I would tell old me to like play the long game because there was a lot of opportunities along that way where I could have made a quick buck or I could have done something that was like, you know, what was popular in the moment. But like even what we do now, like we don't do like super flashy things or like quick like I don't know how to word it. Yeah. So it's just kind of like the quick fixes of the fitness space when it comes to entrepreneurship that like I could have fell into, but I always told my, like, I want to do this forever. Like I'm not looking to do this for the next five years and make a quick buck and then get out and do something else. Like I'm playing the long game here and we do that with fitness too. Like what is sustainable? Can you maintain this forever? And always staying aligned with who you are too. Cause there's a lot of things in the fitness space that just didn't feel good to me to do something a certain way or like be part of brands, especially like it's very common to like be with certain brands or with certain companies. And if something didn't feel aligned with me, I kind of got more in tune with that and more confident with saying no as I got older, but like staying true to myself, playing the long game and being a student of life, those three things. But (laughs) that's what I would say. No, I love that. And kind of goes hand in hand with that. But what piece of advice would you give your old self when you started your fitness journey? Probably the same thing. Be a student, (laughs) like, personal development, like all the stuff that we do on a consistent basis, like to grow um, and then to stay in my lane and like, once again, play the long game. Um, But I would just say that also it gets better. Like whatever season is like a grind. Like I know for me, the season that was hardest for me fitness wise was like healing my gut, healing my metabolism. Cause like being in a calorie deficit kind of like goes against all those things. So I felt very uncomfortable and like not very confident. And I knew that like this wasn't forever and that's what got me through it. But I, I know even coaching clients who are in that season of healing, like it, it feels like it's, you know, the end of the world, like of your fitness journey. Like it feels like you'll never be on the other side of it. But if you stay consistent and trust the process, that's another thing. It's just like trust the process and know that it's temporary and to play the long game. Like you'll be on the other side of this hard season. And also that hard season is preparing you for what's on the other side. And that goes with work ethic too. Like I always look back at that season of my life and I know Zach has one too. And when I interview him, he'll be able to talk on this, but the season of life where I did 21 credit hours, I was interning, I was bartending or that season where I was hustling to start my business that made me grateful for where I'm at now. Cause I know if I could get through that season and be very strategic, how you do one thing is truly how you do everything. So I was treating my macros, my meal prep, my workouts, everything was so 
on point that I made it through that season and now it's prepared me for how I have to execute my life today and treat the small things like the big things. And that's the weird, that's like the weirdest thing about life because, you know, we want to naturally, like our human tendency is to run away from those hard times. Like our natural human tendency is to run away from discomfort. And I honestly think that that's personally why I love fitness and nutrition and training and health so much because it's such an honest game. And I'm telling you guys, you know, we naturally start to go toward that route of comfort the older we get, you know, you know, we get into a job, we want to like create this, you know, comfortable environment for ourselves to ease the stress or to ease the discomfort. When in reality, very weird, but it makes it worse. And that's why like, you know, we see with clients and even in ourselves, like when you're in this game, when you're working through your health and your fitness and you're going through that adversity, it makes you more resilient. Like it makes you able to handle stress, to handle difficulty more. You have less of a victim mindset, less of a fixed mindset, more of a growth mindset, more of a mindset that I have the opportunity to grow into a different person. I have the opportunity to, you know, work toward this thing or to become better at this thing. And so I just think that that's the weird irony of life that we chase comfort when it's really the discomfort that makes life easier. Yeah. And I think that also certain people thrive in the chaos. And I don't think you know that about yourself until you've been in that situation. But I think that we're both kind of people that do thrive in chaos or just like in discomfort, I guess you could say. Because like when I started getting comfortable in my business in Cleveland, like I didn't know we didn't really touch on this much, but I was like invested in another business coach and was like, I'm going to completely start from ground zero and restart my business in Columbus. And then the pandemic happened. I moved cities, like I had all these changes and then everything went online. So I had to like make it work and figure it out. And I think that those seasons of like, for some reason, like I got comfortable in Cleveland and I'm like, oh, let's move to a different city. It's not a different state. It's not across the country. But I see that in my clients all the time that like when you get to this like level of like comfort, you start to like kind of crave discomfort. Like, cause you're kind of sensing that urge that you need to level up in some way. And it forced me to. And I, then you look back on those seasons and like you're not built out of those comfortable moments whatsoever. Like your dream body, your dream career, your dream relationship isn't built out of like those comfy moments. It's like the discomfort, the discomfort or the uncomfortable moments that brings you to the place you ultimately want to be. And having the discipline to once again maintain the balance. Yeah. And to get through that, like you have to have the balance. You can't rely on motivation. When like shit hits the fan, like you're not motivated. Like I've been through seasons of like, we were in one recently where like we had to rely on our routines and our habits. We can't be like, I'm not motivated to go to the gym today. I'm just not going to because that's not what this is about. That's right. Anything else that you want to tell these people about you? I don't think so. I feel like I ranted a lot about myself, <laughs> but I would just say if you're somebody who like, or whether... just give it a little piece of advice or any oh, yeah. final thoughts. I would say, well, I guess in the beginning, I'm turning 30 this year. So I used to think by 30, I would have like it all figured out. And I definitely still don't have it all figured out. But I used to think I would be like, I view 30 as like being old. And I was just like, as you get older, every year gets better. So I hear all people all the time, like have such a negative connotation about getting older. But I think every year brings so many lessons. And that's why we do those episodes of like 30 life lessons for turning 30. Because every year we get these valuable lessons and like uncomfortable moments and positive wins and things like that that we want to celebrate but I think that when you view each year as like a chapter that you get to like conquer like level up it's way more fulfilling and I think that people always say like oh I wish I could go back to 25 but like going through that season where I was 25 I just talked about like that was not fun but like in the moment it was like I was happy I was grateful because it's all I knew but if I could look forward to like 30 year old me I would just say like every year, just try and be better than you were last year. Quit comparing to where other people are at 30. Like these timelines are such BS of like, you have to have kids, you have to be married. Like do not compare where you're at to like anybody else. Like think about what your dream day looks like. Think about what your dream life looks like. And every year, try and get closer and closer to that person or that life. Amen to that. That's all I got. (laughs) I love that. No, this was awesome. And I think there's just so much to take from from just this conversation and and all these life lessons that you've learned throughout this process and just throughout all these different seasons of life, you know, we've talked about grinding, we've talked about hustling, but we've also talked about balance. You know, we really do want you guys to see kind of that bigger picture that, you know, all of these things are possible. And it starts with, like Christina said, literally envisioning and having that vision and that definition of like, what does an ideal day look like for you? 
And mm-hmm. that's all that matters. And find every possible way you can, you know, to hone in on that and work toward it every day. Because yeah. I know that's what we've been doing. And as you were saying that, like, last statement, and then I'll close out. But um, as you said, the last statement about finding balance is, like, that's why my business is called Built in Balance. Because you build your dream body, your metabolism. You build these routines and you build this physique in the gym. But also you're balanced enough to, like, keep it forever. Because we're playing the long game here. And so I think that my whole story leads into my name. And next week we're going to interview Zach. Um, so I think it'll be really cool for you guys to hear his story of adversity and like how everyday athlete like was built from his story, which the same for me. So it's really cool how just like our trajectories were kind of paralleled all this time. And like it'll be really interesting for everyone to hear because I respect the hell out of your story. And I've heard it so many times I could probably recite it myself. And I can't wait for <laughs> it to share it with everybody else. So next week I'll be interviewing Zach. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this kind of interview style between each other. If you guys have any specific questions you want to hear or like learn from Zach, um, just DM me individually because I'll be the one doing the interview next week. So we hope you guys enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the full hour of me talk about myself. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out, guys.